about it towards the end of our uh, little podcast here on why we decided to play that. But we'll re- talk about that at the very end of this. So we're going to move on to the fourth section of the Creed. Father Tay, you want to read it? Sure. <clears throat> I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the to the resurrection of the dead, the life of the world to come. Amen. So, <clears throat> there's a lot going on. So now we first began the creed talking about God the Father. Then we moved on to talking about God the Son, who is Jesus Christ in his role within the plan of salvation and now we're moving on to the role of the Holy Spirit so I believe in the Holy Spirit the Lord the giver of life before I begin even speaking alright there's two things that we have you to already are speaking oh, okay whatever that's, that's besides the point you know I'm, you know what I'm <laughs> sure saying that was the point of that sentence but that's okay uh, you, okay anyways go so Believing the Holy Spirit, a lot of people think like, okay, if Catholics, as Catholics, we need to believe the Holy Spirit. Does that mean we should be like the Pentecostal, raising our hands, yelling Hallelujah, speaking tongues of fire, or um, we do, we we think about the Holy Spirit as only praying to Him when we need help, and that's it. You know, there's a really a big disconnect. Right? If we believe in God the Father and God the Son, then we have we have to believe in God the Holy Spirit. Right? Our God. It's a Trinitarian God. There's God the Father, there's God the Son, and there's God the Holy Spirit. All three exist with each other. You can't have one without the other, right? They're all formed with this bond of perfect love. And so with the role of the Holy Spirit is seen as the giver of life. It's early found within the scriptures, right? When God made the world, he breathed, right? He breathed on the waters. He breathed on the waters and gave it life. In the same way, that's the breath of God, the breath of Ruha, which is the life of God. And that's how the Holy Spirit is, is normally typically depicted as such. The giver of life, the one that gives life. Uh, also, we didn't, necess- we didn't know or there was no way to necessarily know until Jesus became, until the Word became flesh, that God was a triune God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus comes and reveals us, reveals to us that it is one God, three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the one that reveals that to us. And so all these Old Testament references we now look at with a little bit clearer of an eye of saying, okay, those are the three persons. Um, 
all make making all all being God, uh, mm-hmm. but three persons yeah. in one Trinity, one nature. So I believe he gives life to all, and I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, where does it reside? Well, it resides in our hearts. It resides in the sacraments when they're celebrated. The mm-hmm. Holy Spirit resides in the church. As, as in baptism, we become temples of the Holy Spirit, and so the Holy Spirit is alive and active in our hearts. Um, one of the things, I'm just going to side tangent it here, that's why it's... it's um, when we suffer from being judgmental or when we're sinning and being judgmental or critical or of all those different things in our lives, we're, we're essentially not, we're hindering the Holy Spirit's activeness in life, in my own heart and in those around me. Because if I judge and if I'm being judgmental and I'm saying this is who you are and you're not going to change and what I'm basically saying is the Holy Spirit is not alive in your heart, which is absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. And so it hinders. And what it hinders me from is praying that the Holy Spirit does change me, exactly. that I do continue this growth with yeah. the Lord, that I continue this conversion. And so does this other person convert or continue to convert, convert. And then my own heart, like, how do I pray? How do I act? How do I make a judgment and then say, how do I get that person closer to, to God from these judgments, right? So even if I look at myself, okay, I'm judging myself to be this way. Okay, well, what do I need to do in order to get closer to God? Mm-hmm. But even St. Paul, St. Paul gets to a point of saying, I don't even judge myself um, because who really knows where they're at um, when it comes to the relationship with God? God knows us better than we know ourselves. So mm-hmm. in some sense, I feel like I have these different things going on or I know I have these things that are going on. But who really knows? Like, God's the only one that judges and knows that judgment. And so, just that, to when we say I believe in the Holy Spirit, I'm saying I believe that the Holy Spirit is alive and active in my heart and in other people's heart and active in the world, in His church, um, in God's bride, the church. Um, and so not to, not to hamper that in any way. Mm. Mother Teresa was giving the advice to seminarians at one point, said, pray that you do not get in the way of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's great advice, Mother Teresa. What does that mean? And Mm -hmm. we kind of see that here. The Holy Spirit is alive and active. Our part is just to not get in the way. So, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. It's kind of like what we we talked about earlier, where Jesus, the fact that he died, and that he rose again from the dead, and he ascends into heaven. This statement um, is talking about that once more. You know, the how Jesus has to leave us in order to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because by the Holy Spirit is the one that comes out of the love of the Father to the Son. And so that's why Jesus says, It's better for me to leave so that you will gain a helper when I leave. Um, why is this so important to us then it shows you the interconnectedness that when Jesus went to into heaven ascends to heaven we're now participating in this mystery right because the love of the Father to the Son the Son to the Father comes the Holy Spirit guess who's being pulled into it this Holy Spirit is the bringer of life guess who's bringing us into that the Holy Spirit is bringing us into the life of Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit himself so that we're never alone that we're part of this love Right, the dynamic, right? We're in that dynamic with the Father and the Son. And who with the Father, and we'll just move on to the next part, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. So 
essentially what that's getting at is the Holy Spirit is also God. Mm-hmm. It's um, the love the Father and the Son share for each other, that reality being so real that it's actually, um, uh, there's, a, there's a person that's created. Mm-hmm. And so it's that, that person that we're, we're relating to. And so anytime we're, we're dealing with the Holy Spirit, we're dealing, dealing with the love that the Father and the Son share essentially and so we're coming into a dynamic that is way beyond um, my own reality of my own life except if I'm living out of the Holy Spirit and living in that temple of the Holy Spirit then it's obviously within the reality of my life and so Mm -hmm. that's the encouragement right alright next phrase who has spoken to us through the prophets Father Tay this is important because I know many of you out there have probably heard the excuses of saying, how do we truly know that the Holy Scripture was inspired by the Holy Spirit? Wasn't there many books that were not included in the Bible? All that is said this one line, that when the Holy Spirit came, He was the one that inspired the prophets. He's the one that inspired the four gospel writers. And if anything comes from God, right, it has to be perfect, beautiful, and true. It can't contradict Him, right? And so that's why with a lot of these other books are not included in the Bible is because it wasn't really truly inspired by the Holy Spirit, nor was it protected by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a huge role in that it preserves our faith, making sure that what we teach, what we profess is really in line with God, what God wants of us. So we can have faith in saying, yes, the Holy Bible is true. Right? And if you think about it, what's the most powerful line in the Bible? Is when was when the chief scribes and the Pharisees were so afraid of Jesus that they wanted to kill him, right? And they wanted to kill the 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 apostles of Jesus too. But what did one of the high priests, uh, I think it was Caiaphas and um, and Ananias, he says, "No, wait, let's see how it all plays out. Because if it's truly from the work of God, there's no way we can stop it. But if it's the work of man, then it will die out. So already." The Holy Spirit has shown a lot of these illusions of what the Holy Spirit can do to protect and to inspire. Everything that happens in our faith, these inspirations and the scriptures and the findings of it are all are helped to preserve the sacredness of our scriptures and also for our traditions. The sad part is that, right, as Catholics, there's a joke, right? How do you know it's between the Catholic and, and, uh, and the other Christians? Our Bibles collect more dust because we don't know. Yeah, our scripture was. So I want to encourage you in this part, right? How are you letting, letting the Holy Spirit guide you to see that the Word of God is indeed alive and true? Right. Spoken to us through the prophets. Told us that Jesus was coming through the prophets, that the Word was going to become flesh. Back in Genesis, right after our fall, God promises us a Savior. Yep. And He says, I'm going to provide it, and I'm going to do it, and it's going to be great and cool. Uh, Mm-hmm. Hopefully, uh, creation is going to cooperate with me in this redemptive plan. And thanks be to God, Mary did. Oh, Amen. Conceived without sin, and so her yes um, saves us, and because we have Jesus from her yes, and then our yes, anything that we do inside the Holy Spirit, inside the Church, inside Jesus, is all done because Mary said yes. Without that, we wouldn't have a yes to say. But because exactly. of her, we do. But that Holy Spirit is the one. Um, that came upon her that made Jesus present in the world. And so yes. that's the real dynamic for us is as we're temples of the Holy Spirit yes. to allow Jesus to become uh, embodied by us uh, and us to give life in Jesus uh, to others of saying, 
you know, basically living out the Beatitudes of giving hope to the despairing, of giving comfort to the sorrowful, um, proclaiming good news to the captives, all these different, all those Beatitudes, right? Caring for the poor, caring for the sick, caring for the dead, caring for those who mourn, all of those things, the Holy Spirit is alive and active. And then just one last thing is that the Holy Spirit, to entrust ourselves to the Holy Spirit when it comes to celebrating the sacraments, um, especially confession, um, but even in, in marriage, uh, especially in marriage too, is it's uh, the Holy Spirit is alive. The Holy Spirit is, is what is, um, is the active agent. And to make sure that the active agent is alive and well, mm-hmm. and we're open to that reality, um, in any given dynamic or like the Holy Spirit is the one through the priest that forgives me my sin um, and they're obliterated in that and then also in the sacrament of marriage call on the fact that the Holy Spirit brought us together yes. and brought us the saving grace as we work this day in and day out mm-hmm. hard days easy days all of those mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is the one that that's at work there and so to have that that confidence in it and this is the one that's spoken through the prophets who proceeds from the Father and the Son um, and that he's essentially God and he gives us all of, of life so alright moving on to we'll wrap that up move on to the next sure I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church this is a very good statement to start with um, talking about about the unity, right? And it's tough because we we live in a world that says we have to be polite and we have to be inclusive. Yes, that's true. But what is the statement saying? I believe in one holy Catholic Apostolic Church that we all unite as one mystical body instituted by Christ Himself. And the words one is not placed there by accident. We've seen one God, one Lord, right? And one now baptism, one, one baptism, one forgiveness. Why? This unity. So if you heard the saying, and I'm going to say it, Father Brian, so we talked about this. Okay, all right. We, you've all heard the saying, there's many paths up the mountain. No, mm-hmm. there's only one path, but we choose to take many detours away from the path. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If he wasn't the singular, why did he use the singular? Way, truth, and life. Jesus could have said, I am one of the many ways, <laughs> one of the many truths, or one, I'm one, one of the main lives. No. Which itself is a contradiction. Yeah, exactly. The reason I, I, I bring this up is because sometimes when we really believe in our faith, we have to make those tough calls. That's why we need a, a unified community together as one mystical body to worship with each other. One holy a universal that's when it's a Catholic apostolic that's what makes us different is that through the succession of St. Peter through the through the sacrament of ordination has been passed on from generation to generations so we know it for it to be true right the Holy Spirit is alive and active by the laying of hands since Peter since well since Jesus founded it in Peter behold this is a rock your name's rock perfect great mm-hmm. Peter our first pope so through that, and then the Holy, and then the that Christ is given His life for the unblemished to be her for a bride to be unblemished, which yes. is the Church. And so, mm-hmm. especially in Ephesians six, saying it has more to do with Jesus and the Church than it does to have with marriage. But we'll talk about that at a different podcast. That sure. one's kind of my favorite, but. Mm-hmm. Um, 
All right, one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. So that baptism only happens once. It cannot happen again after it happens once. Yes. We're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. There is. Um, and it's for the forgiveness of sins. And so it forgives us original sin, and but we still have the residual effect of a darkened intellect uh, will that isn't quite in line with uh, choosing the good all the time, or that chooses the good, but sometimes chooses the good that's actually bad and sinful. Because um, we always, our will is always towards the good. It's hardly ever, it's never pretty much towards the evil. Even if it's bad, we're still seeking the good that it could bring about. But anyways, mm-hmm. forgiveness of sins, but we still have that residual, residual effect of concupiscence, darkened intellect, and will. And also for the sacrament to repentance, where your sins are forgiven. So this is the beauty of God's creation, right? He knows that when we we're baptized, we're saved from our sins. But at the same time, we might sin again. So we need, we need um, God's mercy in life, in our lives. So we are our sins forgiven then. Let's move on to the last part. All right. And I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Death isn't the end. That's one way of saying it. It's also planning, I love this, it's planning ahead in faith and hope through our current life, right? So I look forward Mm -hmm. to the resurrection of the dead. Like, it's on my mind that I'm looking forward to this thing, Mm -hmm. uh, the resurrection of the dead, to this reality that is uh, beyond my current state of life, wherever it is. And so that we're planning ahead in faith and in hope to see that reality. And so whatever my current stance is in life, like, okay, I'm suffering right now. It's not going to end here. Mm-hmm. Okay, right now I'm being joyful. Well, there's going to be a time of sorrow and I'm going to have to die. Because there's only one way to get off the earth unless you're married. Which we won't get into it. Exactly. In we'll get into that in Lent. But... But that real sense of we're looking forward to this resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come so that there is going to be a life where sorrow and mourning is no longer going to be a thing because sin and death are no longer going to be a thing. And it's the wor- life of the world to come. And so um, that hope- there's going to be a new heavens and exactly. a new earth where yep. angels will dwell in heaven and we'll have a new glorified body with glorified fingernails. And that'd be great. We'll be able to walk through walls, maybe like Jesus did when he was eating those fish in the upper room. Excited, be cool. I've always dreamt about this glorified fingernails. Mm. Well, not the fingernails, oh, the okay. walking. Come on, dude. The yeah, walk. walking through the walls. Of course, I don't know what that physicality is going to be, but that's going to be awesome. So. We'll be made in his image and likeness. We'll be created after his own glorified body. So, all right. So now for the big news, the big reveal. Ready? Okay, we've already revealed it a few times. But we're starting our Lenten retreat on Ash Wednesday. We're going to start this whole retreat uh, every day, every Monday of the entire week of Lent, all the way up until... Christmas it or Christmas itself. Well, Easter itself. Don't worry. We're gonna have uh, a topic, and it's all gonna be based, or a lot of it's gonna be based in the Lion King. Nice. Well done. That was cool. That's so, anyways, we'll be playing Lion King soundtrack. Advise you if you haven't watched Lion King, don't watch the new one. Watch the original, watch the old the one. Old animated. The old anime was the best. Um. 
watch it, get to know it. We've probably over-philosophized some of the conversations, <laughs> but we're playing the soundtrack. We'll be doing a whole bunch of different things, talking about um, how that has everything to do with life, uh, our life, and how the Lord can can use those good things uh, for us. And so... But we'll be talking about that in and out, but we're releasing it. So if you want to do something for Lent, uh, this could be a fun way to do a kind of a retreat during the week. Um, we'll try to keep it short. They might actually end up being longer. We haven't quite discussed how long our talks are going to be, but they might be more half hour, 45 minutes to really dive in deep into uh, different material that uh, we have planned for, for that retreat. So, so kind of use that as, as your prayer, your prayer moments. Right. right. Block off in half an hour when you can. Right. And then the other thing is uh, we'll have, be having guest speakers in and out, having some different priests and people uh, coming in and chatting um, what their take is on the different topics. So, All right. Well, God bless. God bless you. And thanks for listening. Stay holy, my friends. Practical Rambling Fathers, Fathers. signing off.